welcome to the Rambling Writers Podcast, where we talk about writing, reading, religion, writing tips, and whatever impolite topic we want to. I'm R.F. Dunham, and this is my partner, Josh Davis, and we are the Rambling Rambling Writers. Writers. Today, we're going to be discussing the book uh, series, uh, The Darby Shaw Chronicles by Liberty Spidell. Uh, We're going to be giving some life-saving advice to survive the cutthroat world of noveling, as well as debating the benefits and drawbacks of Y Writer versus Scrivener. We're going to be having a very interesting, as yet unscripted, conversation of how many genres are there, really. Um, we're going to be doing the book review, of course, and then we have some awesome announcements we've got coming up soon. Uh, we're also going to be uh, catching up to date on the world of politics, with special emphasis on how it affects uh, us writers. So, how are you today, RF? I am excited. I had a meeting yesterday um, with Noelle Beverly, who is the new literary events coordinator. Nice, fancy title for Bain's Books and Coffee and Mathematics. And I scheduled a couple of author events, including a book launch party in Mathematics and a book signing in Scottsville at Bain's two different locations that they've got. So you're going big time. Oh yeah, and this awesome. is just the beginning. This I'm gonna I'm gonna be in bookstores all the time coming up soon. I'm starting to reach out to some other places already and going to hopefully get some promotion for this book launch in the, the Times Virginian, which is a local Appomattox paper. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the Appomattox area, you're going to be hearing about it soon. And also, um, talking about Appomattox area, uh, the Rara Festival, second Saturday and Sunday in October. Yep. We're going to be there. We're going to be at the same booth. Come by, talk to us. I'm actually turning in the paperwork to get that tomorrow. So we'll be doing that soon. And yep. That's, that's pretty awesome. Well, um, it's funny. I've got some awesome news myself. Uh, shout out to my buddy Angel Ramon in Puerto Rico. Uh, really excited because he uh, is actually publishing his second novel with my company. And we uh, sent that to press last night, just got approval. And I looked at the digital proof copy that the press sent me back, and it looks amazing. So I'm really excited about that for Angel. So shout out to you, buddy, and have fun and keep it locked down there in Puerto Rico. Awesome. What's that book about? Can you t- are you allowed to tell us anything yet? I'm assuming that Angel wouldn't have me have a problem with telling you. Um, essentially, there's this guy. He's a here in Angel's first book. It was um, this guy, and he went. To, he owned a computer store or something. I haven't really read the book all the way. I've read the premise for it uh, for the first book, and he went to this virtual world. And he basically saved the world from this alien invasion force, which is a really interesting uh, concept. Like I said, I haven't had the time to read it, so I don't really know what happens. Um, but this is the sequel to that story. And uh, Angel, the main character, uh, actually gave up his computer pre- job, and he uh, became an NYPD detective. Hmm. And his brother gets killed, and he gets framed for a murder. So uh, before too awful long, we're going to have up on our website and on Amazon for the print copy... Um, he also uh, paid us to release it on the EPUB formats on all the other major markets. Uh, so, And he's taking care of the Amazon stuff. So be on the lookout for Framed. It's the second book in the Thousand Year War series. Awesome. Sounds yeah. exciting. Yeah. So we, we, Exciting we, news all around. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to go to North Carolina this weekend, the family and I. So we're looking forward oh, to that, too. Nice. So we'll see what happens. So, you know... One of the first things we said we were going to talk about is uh, the book review, obviously, because um, shout out to Liberty. Uh, I, she allowed me to do a guest post on her blog, uh, well, a blog that she owns. It's authorculture.blogspot.com. Um, 
I got to do a really fun little thing about how writers are schizophrenic. So if you haven't had a chance... Oh, yeah, I did read that one. I, I told you before I wasn't sure if I read that one or yeah, not. Yeah, I know I you read, read that, that one. one. Yeah. I know you read that one. Um, but it was a really fun little thing I did where I basically just compared us writers to schizophrenics. And it was a lot of fun. And I was able to pull my background in mental health to to uh, do that. It was a lot of fun. Do you think um, any schizophrenics would be insulted at the insinuation that they are similar to writers? Every schizophrenic, every schizophrenic that I've actually met person to person, I could be wrong about you know I might sweeping generalization here, but every schizophrenic I've ever heard actually doesn't listen to podcasts, so I don't know. Um, if so, no insults and no insults are intended. No offense. I just thought you know they might not want to be brought down to the level of a of a writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we are the dregs of the earth, are we not? Um. But like I said, I did the, did the post with Liberty, and um, I also we we discussed we're going to be reviewing her series over the next couple episodes here. So um, the first one was uh, so yeah, so it was Emergence was the first book in the Darby Shaw Chronicles, um, and we, we agreed we were going to to review the whole series starting with the first one. Obviously, uh, this one's a novelette uh, written by Liberty. Again, shout out to her. Um, met her on Facebook through. Uh, uh, Katie Wyland and her secret writers group, which is a lot of cool. It was really cool, a lot of fun. You just revealed the secret writers group to. Well, it's, it's it's not a secret. It's just now you, we all know about it. You've you completely can't. Ru- they're going to kick you out now. <laughs> That's it. You're you're done. Bye. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, but no, it's not it's not a secret group that it exists. It's just you can't get to it without being specifically invited by Katie, which is pretty cool if you ask me. Um, but so Liberty sent uh, sent me the files, all three books, and we were going to start with Emergence today, and we have some drastically different opinions on this one. Yeah, um, we do. Uh, the the last show, you and I were very much on par with uh, what how we felt about looking into the sun. Yep. Um, but we have some different opinions. So why don't we start off with you? Tell tell us what you thought about it. Okay. I'll start with the good things. Okay, start with the good things. That that's that's always good. It's a very interesting concept. The whole idea is. Um, it's very much like X-Men or Heroes or the Tomorrow People, if you're into to TV shows, mm-hmm. where you've got, um, the next step in human evolution is occurring, and these certain people of, I guess you could even say the, the next species mm-hmm. are, are popping up with certain special abilities. In the Darby Shaw Chronicles world, they're called superhumans. Mm-hmm. So I really like this whole concept. I've always been a big X-Men fan. Wolverine has been my favorite superhero since I was old enough to have a favorite superhero. So I like that. I, I love See, heroes. I was a Batman guy, so... Well, you there know. you go. <laughs> so I'm better. Something Don't like argue. That. Don't argue. I'm better. I mean, they're in totally different universes. You can't really compare exactly. them. But if you could, Wolverine would kick his butt. But anyway, <laughs> if you like um, the, the, whole mutant, the whole mutant theme... Um, then this, it, it's, it's got that interesting concept. There's these, these new people coming up, like I said, with powers, and it's the first part of Emergence, at least, is dealing a lot with the government's reaction to them. Which was really interesting to me, because as we discussed in the last show, I'm very much a libertarian, and the way the government was being jerks to Darby, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like this book, I don't, I don't know Liberty, but I feel like she is on your page, politically speaking. <laughs> we, actually, we actually discussed this. She is, she is, a, she is a registered libertarian as well. That, that, that makes sense. It, it comes out in the story because everyone associated with the government is very like, oh, you must do what I say, in this mm. heavy-handed kind of, they're very authoritarian. And that's kind of the way the world is. The, the interesting thing about it is this isn't, this isn't like, um, like TV shows, I mentioned like Heroes or the Tomorrow People, this isn't dealing with the very first 
appearing of these people. Yeah, this is later on down the road. I mean, yeah. This is after there's been government uh, organizations that yeah. have been trying to get a handle on this. And there's the Superhuman Bill of mm-hmm. Rights and saying, hey, you know, you have rights and we're going to protect them. But the problem that Darby ran into is that she was different from every other super. So, you know, she's they're not they're, the government's trying to say she's not protected by it. We have the right to go over and trample your rights because you're not technically a super, even though your genes are the science Science. Yeah. So it's it's a fascinating world. It's a cool mm-hmm. concept, and it's definitely very relevant because it's dealing with issues of discrimination mm-hmm. and rights, which are obviously hot button topics today and all over the world. More today. so than when she wrote. It's more relevant today than it was when she first released it. Actually. Happens a lot. My book was the same way. Like it was relevant when I started writing it, and by the time it came out, it's like every mm-hmm. day in the news. There's something else to make mm-hmm. it even more more, worse. more relevant. Yeah, exactly. And you know. I'll be honest. I, I'm not an X-Men guy. I was always, I, I've always much preferred the Avengers. I've always much preferred uh, the Fantastic Four. We discussed this before. Um, the X-Men, other than Gambit, I, I'm not really big on the X-Men. Gambit's the coolest one, in my opinion. Um, but to the, I didn't get that X-Men feel from this because you don't have this group of X-Men wearing skin tight. I mean, she's just a normal everyday woman, and she just discovers one day by accident that she has these powers and. I felt like, you know, the, the the way that handled, and of course, you know, the privatization of the police force, you know, it's a libertarian ideal, privatization of almost everything, um, was a very interesting concept to see how it played out. I thought it was interesting how positively they portrayed a private police force, because, mm. in this is going off in a completely different rabbit trail I didn't even think of, but in my way of thinking, a privatized mm. police force sounds like a really bad thing. So you're saying that's like a libertarian... Privatization is one of the key. Th- privatization drives innovation, and, dri- and think about it: the, the police cars that, that she was driving, it was the Flexion, I think it was called. Yeah, they can hover over. It the can traffic. hover and go over a ten-story building. I mean, that's what privatization does. It drives innovation. We didn't get. You're an iPad guy. I'm sorry, they didn't come with the iPad and, and, and communist Russia. Okay, we came with a capitalistic society, and we're getting off on a rabbit trail about our politics here. I was about to cut you off. I was looking for a good spot, but yeah. you, you cut yourself off. So. Well, <laughs> I, we're not really into the politics of it right now, but that's in, I didn't even realize that privatization was yeah, such a, big it, libertarian it's a huge thing. thing. It makes sense. So it, it's a huge thing because you know pr- private industry instead of the government being in control of stuff. That's right, pretty much okay. an extension of the libertarian ideal. Um, so I was really interested to see how it came about and how it worked. Um, you know, ha- how the different companies that did ram, you know, Bendex is one, another one was Delta, and see mm-hmm. how they interacted with one another. Yeah. It mirrored almost uh, the way that, you know, you know, Bendex cops could go to another city 300 miles away and have authority, whereas they could go five minutes down the road where another company has run the police force and mm-hmm. they have these jurisdictional issues. Which is a, a, a nice thing that that brings up, even though Liberty is a libertarian, mm-hmm. she's not presenting this libertarian ideal of a privatized yeah, it's not, it's not a libertarian it's, utopia it's, by it's any balanced she's, yeah. she, she has the, the pros and the cons are there mm-hmm. so that's good because that's a frequent problem with people when they project their political ideals mm-hmm. one way or another into any kind of futuristic mm-hmm. thing is then they either like oh look the conservatives took over and now the whole world has gone to hell and, or vice versa yeah, the, liber- the liberals took over, and all the conservatives are dead with no guns because they, they, got, they got beaten with that gang members. But anyway, um, but yeah, Josh would never write a book like that. Actually, I wouldn't because <laughs> I, I would get too angry. Um, actually, um, I, I did recently write a book in which the Libertarian Party just stepped in and 
uh, became a legitimate power, and the president and the Congress was actually controlled by libertarians because they basically people started realizing how crappy both major parties are, which is my opinion. So I agree with you on that one. I'm yeah. not a libertarian, but I'm thinking about voting for one anyway. Just because well, you should. He's um, a third party. Yes. Anyway, so back to this book. Yeah. Um, Though, like I said, you, you did mention how the government was very it was very heavy handed, almost that uh, they were very evil. I, I told you last night. Jonas Jones, he's a CIA representative, and I'll be honest, the second I, I started reading it, and I hated this guy. There was no redeeming quality about him at all. And it's like you had the government saying, well, you don't have the right to say anything about yourself. You don't have you don't have rights. We have the right to do whatever we want. And that was a little bit heavy-handed. They kept saying that over and over again. There's the one meeting where there's a bunch of the, the alphabet soup, yeah. as Darby calls them, which I, I love that phrase. I do, too. Um but they kept saying over and over again, you know, you don't have any choice in it. And the police chief kept defending Darby mm-hmm. and saying, you know, stop saying that. She does. And they would keep repeating the exact same mm-hmm. phrase over and over again. And it made them look really stupid. It did. <laughs> it, it, and I, by, by the end of it, I wanted to, you know, I, I told you last night, I wanted to kick this Jonas Jones character in the crotch, you know, by the end of, by the, end of the story. And, and for no other reason than the fact that he was that dumb. I mean, superhuman Bill of Rights or not, the Bill of Rights is there. And you don't have the right to just take anybody you want to. And so that really irritated me. Um, so, so the one critique I have on, on the antagonistic forces primarily is that you know they, they were almost too too evil. There was almost no redeeming quality. I had no idea what their motivation was. I mean, sure they wanted to study them and this and that other thing, but it was almost like um, they were just evil. They were pure evil. They were the projection of whatever bad is in the government. There was no good intentions at all. Because that's one thing that you know you and I both agree on is that you know these political sides we both both parties may think they have what's best for the country at mm-hmm. heart and when you realize that makes it easier to work with one another um but this government picture is almost the the, the nightmare scenario for a libertarian po- political belief is is the government has absolute control over everything and you can strip your rights away like that and you know it was, it was almost a little bit too heavy-handed in my opinion that, that's probably the biggest critique i have mm-hmm. uh, other than the, the way that the book ended um, the climax was left me hanging a little bit. I, I thought I was waiting for the climax to be something with the government, and she kicks butt and you know sends this Jones character down the river somewhere. But it was you know she's trying to re- replicate her her power that she just discovered she had. And yeah, the plot really changed lanes abruptly. The whole first half, like, well, she discovers her power. Then there's this whole government thing going mm-hmm. on. And then it just takes an abrupt turn back into her trying to develop her powers again, and mm. the government just kind of gets forgotten about. Mm. I mean, and, and yeah, the, the, it, was, it was she did a very good job of showing that uh, discrimination because um, mm-hmm. you know with the, with the Delta police, I think it was Delta, yeah, that um, was was one of the other companies, and was saying, you know, I'm not going to give you my prisoners so that way you can you know you know try and do so, do your witchcraft, and and showed that discrimination that you know a, a lot of minority sectors in our society feel today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she did a really good job with that. It was, it was not that was not too overhanded. I felt like. overall, I was really pleased with it. Um, I'm looking forward to the sec- to, to to reading the second one to review that one next time. Yeah. Um, and the, I'm I'm hoping, like you said, this I'm really hoping to see a lot of improvement in the second one mm-hmm. and the third and the third. Despite all the good things I said about the world, I really didn't like it very much. Mm. And I promised that would be nice, but I, we've also said, you know, we're going to be honest in whatever things we review. And my honest opinion is that the the mechanics of the writing are mm. simply not very good. The mm. I found the the pacing to be really off. I would get really bored, and 
just kind of have to force my way through it. The the dialogue is all really stiff and awkward. Except with Mark. I mean, I, I thought yeah. there's some, some genuine, really good dialogue there between her and her. Uh, she's recently ma- made a detective. And her new partner, Mark, they had, they have a very interesting chemistry. I'm really interested to see what happens with that next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he was, Mark was the only character that I really liked very much so far. I'm trying to think if there's any exceptions to that. Well, I mean, he, he, he's, he's probably the most believable character in the book from what I saw. Because, I mean, for some strange reason, he's got this jealousy over this, of, of this other character, Trent, and Darby's like, hey, that's none of your business, back off, and, there's, there's it just the up and down is a very realistic way for a man and a woman that you know there's some romantic chemistry there but there's not enough to say all right let's 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 go on a date or whatever and he he seems almost like underlying jealous even though he can't say he's jealous and it's it's a really interesting dynamic there yeah um I was really pleased with how she handled that um and it, you mentioned the pacing I, I felt the exact opposite for about the first three quarters of the book I thought the pacing was very very good. But the last quarter, though, um, was where it was, like I said, as we started running to that climax, I felt because the, 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 maybe it was the change in tone, maybe it was the change in the, in the, in the conflict, but the pacing just seemed off, uh, after, you know, they went to her first murder scene as, as a detective. After that happened, like, like the pacing was just so rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I really think the story would be better told instead of a novelette as more of a full length novel. Of say seventy to eighty thousand words to to fully expound on it and have that pacing kind of slow down a little bit on the back half mm-hmm. uh, because you know it, it did feel rushed and there's a lot of good there but there is some that can be improved on yeah and um, see I was saying even the opposite thing with regard you said expand this one into a full length novel because this is seven chapters it was yeah, something it was like short. fifty or so pages fifty. And you were saying, you know, expand that into a full novel to be the first one. I, I was saying, if I was, if this book had come to me mm. as an editor, I would have been throwing out stuff left and right because mm. the whole first part was super, felt super repetitive to me, and just going mm. over the same information over mm. and over again in different ways and different conversations, and it just like it really. And maybe I like faster-paced books or something. Maybe it's a difference mm. of taste because I felt like it didn't even start moving until she got to that first crime scene as a detective. All the oh, way wow. up to that, I felt like we. I were didn't just realize like, we were that much different on this one. Honestly, I, I really felt like it wasn't going anywhere. I'm like, when is when is something going to happen? I'm just listening in on these endless conversations, and no, nothing is happening. Like, no, no, there were no results from it. even the big government conversation mm-hmm. where they're having, they're all in there having that meeting. There's no result from that at all. No, nothing happens. All, all we, the, the resolution of, the, of that meeting was, you know, Jones saying. No, I'm not done with you. I'm coming back. And you know there there is that sense of movement at the end of the book that I, I was really happy to see. It wasn't like a cliffhanger. Boom. We don't know what's going to happen next, but we knew that something was going to happen next, but it was not heavy-handed. The way she mm-hmm. resolved it was was pretty good. I mean, she yeah. discovered how to use her power, which was, you know, uh, a plus. But I do feel like, you know, almost like she was trying to make two major conflicts instead of one being more of a subplot. I feel like if, if if the government was the main thing and the crime scenes and and using her powers as the subplot or vice versa, that it would probably take it to the next level. I mean, overall, I would probably give this book a B, a B to a B plus, um, is my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. th- there's definitely some room for improvement, uh, but overall, I was really pleased with it. It, it seemed to me to be a good first draft, uh, almost. It could be improved upon quite a bit. But overall, I was really pleased with it. But then again, I'm not an X-Men fan, so I haven't seen, like you said, <laughs> I haven't seen this this 
idea done better before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what, you know, you were, I, I, I like this whole government coming after her idea. I'm not opposed mm-hmm. to that at all, but, you know, following X-Men stuff, watching the Heroes TV show, mm-hmm. the Tomorrow People, it's all this government coming after mutants thing. And even though there, there's some different twists on this one that make it different, like they're apparently libertarian twists, I didn't know until just now, which is which is interesting, and I like that. I would but, have known if I, I would not have known that if I had not spoken to Liberty outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she and I are both very much, you know, with our careers, we try not to, you know, put our. She told me we, we try not to put our politics into our books as much. We try to let our art stand on, our, on its own. Which is, of course, impossible. It's it's completely impossible. There's going to be some bleed over. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about it. I don't, I don't consider myself a Christian writer. I'm a Christian and I'm a writer. And, and the way I see it, my faith is going to bleed through and it's going to show up. Mm-hmm. A lot of my characters have serious questions about God and, and, and it's almost a, a subplot that's not hitting you over the head, you know, answering that divine question. And however it's answered is, is going to affect the main plot. Um, the same thing with the political side of things. The underlying theme of the politics is going to show up. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be a, a, a pure political treatise. It's not yeah. going to be Thomas Paine common sense. Yeah, and I think she that. does do a good job of that. Like it, it's there, but I I wasn't reading it thinking like, oh my gosh, this libertarian rant will just leave me alone. Yeah. Like I it didn't even like I said it didn't even occur to me. I was like, oh, privatized police force. Oh, that sounds awful. And then just hear from me like, oh, it was actually written as a good thing because that's. Just different perspectives, whatever you bring to it. Yeah, definitely. So, like I said, I mean, I, I give it a B to a B plus. I'm really looking forward to the second one. Where, where, where do you stand with it? If I had to put a letter grade on it, I think I would give it a C. Okay. Maybe, maybe C plus because it's it's very it very just very average. Like I said, I think mm. the the writing, the the subpar writing and the interesting concept kind of balance out to me to kind of mm. put it somewhere in the middle. It's it's a concept that's interesting enough to get my attention, and then the writing kind of. But, I mean, I am really picky about what I read. I said when you're talking about this, I feel like I'm going to sound really picky and brutal. And I, well, you, you, I, you, I really you am. Are very, you have very refined tastes when it comes to literature. I mean, <laughs> your average reader is not going to read a book and, 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 and examine the mechanics of it. They're not going to do that as much. Because the average, I mean, well, I think I read somewhere the average person who reads on a regular basis has a, has a 10th grade reading level. Whereas you and I have been 12.9 plus since we were, what, like 5th grade? So, <laughs> our mechanics on how we read something, I mean, grammar jumps out at me, and, and I can't read this anymore. I can't read this trash. But, and you're very similar in that, the mechanics of mm-hmm. it's going to yeah. affect your reading experience. The sentence structure. There, there was a few, like, I mean, I would even, I would be happy to go through and even, like, give, if you want to put me in touch with Liberty, and I can tell her some of the things I saw, because there's just issues where the sentences don't flow quite right. It's not a grammatical problem, but it's mm-hmm. just like, that's not how you say that it's not clear and that's that's mm. stuff that i that i get hung up with a lot and mm. and pacing and character and all, all these different stuff so like you're you're right most people don't pay attention to and yeah I mean, i'm so, kind so, of so obsessive and detail oriented yeah well your average person is going to read this and they're they're going to say okay i don't know where in the world rf's coming with this what josh is, is right then you have somebody who's more of a high literature college professor read it and be like josh is an idiot and I'm I'm trying to read it from the story aspect as opposed to the actual structure and, and nuts and bolts of it. The, stru- mm-hmm. the story itself is what is what's got me, and that's what that's what I'm interested. The in. The story is good. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you that. It's it's a good story. Yeah, no doubt there. I I am interested to see where where it's going to go next. So I'm, definitely, I'm not giving up on you, Liberty. I hope I don't sound too mean if you're listening to this. <laughs> well, I, I am going to tag her into Facebook posts when I share this. Okay, so. well. Hopefully she'll see it. Hopefully you can take out all this constructive criticism because that's what it's intended to be. <laughs> there's there's good stuff there. 
Well, um, we, you know, we, one of the other things we said we were going to discuss today is, uh, I don't know if she wrote this on Word or not. She may have, she may not have. Um, one of the other things that we had said we were going to discuss today, um, you and I both have written novels full length, 60 plus thousand words in Microsoft Word. And I think we'll both agree that is one of the worst things you could possibly do. Yes, please don't write a novel in Word unless for some strange reason you're convinced you absolutely have to. Well, and if you are convinced of that, then we'll pray for you that you will be set free from your deception <laughs> and give you some other options. Yeah, right now. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was going to get. We, we have some other options. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there, uh, other word processing things that actually some actually format the book for EPUB. Some will actually format it for Mobi or or give you a print book, spit it out for you. Um, some will do all of those things. And some will. But we'll get to that. We will get to that. But I think we'll both agree that if you're going to be a serious writer, you need something other than Microsoft Word or whatever your basic word. I don't know what Mac has because I'm not a Pages Mac. or OpenOffice is another one. that. It's an open source, yeah. Mm, open source, good stuff there. Anything like that, um, I feel like if you're writing in that, you're, you're missing out on a world of benefits that these other um, word processors have. Um, there are ways you can get around it, but yeah. it gets kind of complicated. There I, I, there are things you can do to make it more tolerable with Word. Yes. Um, but, but those are tricks that take, a, that take a lot of experience with Word to actually master. And then by the time you master it, they come up with a new update, and you got to have it. So <laughs> um, I, I almost would rather use a different Word processor. And then I've had ghostwriting clients require me to do it in a Word template. And I'd much rather do it in my software and then copy and paste it into Word. Yeah, I've done that. Because it's, it's so much simpler. Um, but today we're going to discuss two of them, uh, some of the more popular options. Uh, the funny thing is, you've never used the one that I'm going to be advocating. Right. Uh, I've never used the one that you're going to be advocating. I've looked at it, but I've never actually used it. Um, but we're going to have a little debate today, and I guess we can have a poll up and, and let the folks who <laughs> listen to this vote and see who wins. That's uh, a good idea. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to have some fun with this. Um, can you move that? There we go. Um so obviously, uh, let's let's go ahead and do a little bit of background, I guess, on the word processors that we use. Uh, why don't you go first on that one? Okay, um, I use Scrivener. Back when I realized that Word wasn't working for me, I started searching through some different ones. I tried a couple of different free ones. I don't remember what they were. I had a Windows computer at the time, mm. and none of them were very good. They were just all kind of annoying, really bulky, and difficult to learn. Mm-hmm. So then I found Scrivener, and went for that one. Okay. Uh, for me, I was using Word until a couple of months ago um, because I had clients saying, hey, here's the template, put in this template. So I was like, why would I do this? Let me just type it out and be done with it. Um, and it was very annoying. I hate Word. It was very hard to keep track of, especially when you're doing a 75,000-word book. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to keep track of people's names. When they, when they show up in Chapter 2 and they don't come back until Chapter 17, it's very hard I can remember I had one guy, a client came back to me and said, why is his name Williams in Chapter 2 but Witherspoon in Chapter 17? I, that's, the, that's the legit thing that actually happened to me. <laughs> um, and, and then I started reading some books by, uh, you know, I mentioned Katie Wilde uh, already. I mentioned her two weeks ago. I'm a huge fan of her. She's kind of, I, I read a lot of her stuff. And I, I read uh, Outlining Your Novel by her. I, I mentioned that before as well, um, that it brought a whole new look to outlining to me is actually taking my, my personal game to the next level. 
Um, but she mentioned her outlining process is she'll write everything out longhand in a notebook or, or volumes of notebooks actually, hmm. and then convert it to a and, to, and put it and then plug it in to Yrider, which is is really cool. And I use Yrider. Um, it's a great. It's free. Um, it, the guy takes donations. Uh, Space Jock Software, I think it's called. But you can download it for free, and I've fallen in love with it. I personally could not see myself using any other writing software ever again. Um, so you like Scrivener, I like Y Writer. So I guess we'll let the debate begin. Why don't we start? Uh, the first option is the learning curve. So I'll, I'll let you lead off with the learning curve discussion. Okay, let's see. I got to remember we we talked through this a little while ago to make we sure did. we're on the same page. So with Scrivener, the learning curve is. It kind of depends on how far you want to go with it. Like, mm-hmm. just to get in there and get started and get writing, it really doesn't take anything at all. As soon as you open it up and get into it, you've got a blank screen, blank piece of paper, so to speak, in front of you, and you can just start going there. You can get the spot on the side to throw in your little synopsis or summary for the scene mm-hmm. you're working on and just go for it. So if you just want to dive in and start writing, it literally takes no time at all. And then to kind of wrap your head around how to get through the different things like the binder and the inspector and to really get your outline how you how you might want to do it. Mm-hmm. It might take, you know, a, a day or so of playing around with it and then then you've got a solid understanding of the basics to build on some of the more complicated stuff to do later. And and like you said, and you did mention those tutorials, right? It, it te- yeah. it'll show you how to use stuff. Yeah, right when you come into it there's um you can open up a blank one or you can open up like a um, uh, a template for a novel, for a novel, a novel template, mm-hmm. uh, or you can open up this um, tutorial project, and it's it's a Scrivener project that you could export as a book if you wanted to, mm-hmm. broken up into chapters and scenes and whatnot, and it just kind of walks you through how to use the different things, and that just takes five minutes to go through, and then that lets you know where everything is. Okay. Now with Yrider, there is no tutorial. However, I, I told you this. Uh, I found it very, very intuitive. I, I could. I opened up for the first time. I downloaded the program, opened it up for the first time, and within minutes I was typing. Within minutes I was saying, you know, character A was doing X, Y, and Z. Uh, it was very, very simple. Um, you know, it doesn't open up to a blank page. It's not the same in, in that regard where it just has this blank piece of paper there. But you open it up and it has a play, your chapter list on one side and you create, and you can, there's a sound there that says chapters and it's pretty obvious. If you want to create a chapter, you hit the, the chapter tab. If you want to create a scene, you hit new scene. Um, it was very, very intuitive, very, very plain. Um, it was very easy to learn. Um, there's these, there's other tabs that two or three minutes of clicking around just to see what each tab has. You can create new characters and they're, and they're in a file right there. You just hit the tab. There they are. It's very easy to learn. Um, like I said, within minutes I was typing, and I, there was no tutorial at all, and I, I've i discovered a couple of extra features since then that, that aren't in your face there, uh, like storyboarding. Um, I didn't realize that it had a storyboarding feature when we were first discussing this, mm-hmm. um, but it's a really nifty feature that I've discovered, and, and, and it's very intuitive. It's very easy to learn. Um, I feel like... Y-Rider is so easy to learn that it almost can't be beat in that regard. And you did mention that Scrivener can have a steeper learning curve if you don't do the tutorial, correct? It can be a little bit harder to learn. Yeah, if you skipped that, there there, there are certain parts about it that are confusing. The spot where I've had, um, I've recommended it to lots of my ghostwriting clients, mm-hmm. and the spot where a lot of them get confused and come back and ask questions for me is when you're getting to compile. 
mm-hmm. is what they call it when you're at like the export of taking everything mm-hmm. and putting it together because that's when you that's when you worry about the formatting like I assume Yrider is the same way and like with Scrivener when you're going to write it you're not thinking about formatting and font size and page size you're just writing the story exactly and then where so where it can get complicated is with all of these different settings in the compile feature mm-hmm. to which is really powerful all the stuff it can do but that's where it can get a little bit more complicated mm-hmm. especially if you just try to dive in and say oh I'm just gonna Mm. Just go for it. That's that's the most complicated part. But the tutorial makes it's really simple once you actually go through the tutorial and figure those things out. Now the, the thing about the, you mentioned the compile feature and how confusing it can be. That that feature is, is called export in Yrider. It's very very simple to use. However, it's not going to do it. It has a very very it's very limited the number of formats you can export to, mm-hmm. which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, you're exporting to HTML, PDF, or RTF are the three formats you can export to. Uh, actually, just a, a you can export a PDF and uh, HTML is it, um, but the RTF is what you're typing it in. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very intuitive, very simple. Um, the thing that we found is that both softwares are very the, are very simple to learn, and you and I did, came to the conclusion that it's pretty much a toss up. I mean, it, it really comes down to your preferences and which style. If you want to pick it up and plug and play and start typing in seconds. Y-Writer, I feel like, is the way to go. If you want something that's a little bit more powerful, but a little bit hard learning, you have to go through that tutorial to, to, to break that learning curve, mm-hmm. makes it really easy. Um, Scrivener seems to be the way to go. Yeah. Um, it almost becomes a toss-up, uh, is the conclusion we came up, came up right. with. Because I, I don't personally see how you how it would take a, a, it would literally take somebody who has intellectual disabilities to not figure out Y-Writer in seconds. Now you're going to insult somebody. I, I'm not. figure it out. I'm not look, trying look, to be insulted. Look what you did. <laughs> if I did, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be insulting, um, but on a serious level, it, it, it's that simple to mm-hmm. figure out. And there's you don't need a tutorial. It doesn't have them, but you don't need them. Right. Where a scrivener, it has those, so it shortens that learning curve. So it's almost we agreed. It's pretty, pretty much, much a toss up. Yeah, yeah. So the first we we came up with the conclusion that the learning curve is very much a toss up for this one. Uh, so for us to toss up, we do want to hear what you think on each of these categories. So in the comment section uh, on our website uh, or the YouTube channel, which will be up soon, um, just let us know what you think about each of these categories. Uh, so up next, we're going to be looking at outlining features. I'll lead off with this one this time because I let you lead off last time, so I guess we'll all think who leads yeah, off. Why um, writer outlining features? It's one of the best things about Y-Writer that I found. I love their outlining features. This coming from someone who thought I was crazy for outlining just a few months ago. Precisely. I mean, I, I, I just open. I have my computer here. I just opened it up, and you know, you can see you know project, chapter, you know, characters, locations. If you have a specific item, uh, whether it's a wand or a, a gun or whatever else that you need to describe uh, before. Typing it out. If you need to create fifteen thousand characters for your book, it's there. There's prompts there. Can tell you. You know, it gives you an idea of what you need to do to to compile all this evidence, all the stuff you need. And then when you open up the scene window, when you're editing an individual scene, they're all right there. And it's very, very uh, clean cut. It's almost like it prompts you to to fill out these forms, and it makes your outlining experience very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, which, so when you're going to create these different things, it actually there is like a form with different like yeah, fields I mean, to fill in? Pre- pretty much. I mean, pulling it back up right now, you, you, I hit characters, and I can hit add new right there. And it's running slow on me. 
my computer isn't is stupid. So you know, okay. you, you have your new character. You give them the short names. That's what your characters will be known as. For example, one character I've been working a lot with lately is uh, I mentioned Emily. I did three pages of outlining for Emily recently um, on, on my last book. Um, you can put Emily as her short name. You can put her full name, which her name was Emily Jane Raynott. Uh, alternate names, whether she goes by M or something like that. You can there's a description form where you can fill out and say, you know, she's five foot two or seven foot three. She's a really tall woman and she's got blonde hair or pink hair or whatever else. And that description file is right there. Um, her biography. If you want to have a backstory for her that may never even appear in the book, there's a bio tab. And you, and type you should it. have a backstory for every character that does not appear in the book. Side note. Go on. Exactly. <laughs> um, spe- specific notes, whether that's quirks, things like that. And the one that I really enjoy the most is the goals tab. Because goals, you know, it tells you what her over, what she's trying to achieve in the book. She may be, Emily is not the main character. She's the main character's love interest in the book I was working on. Um, but she had goals too. And her goal was simple. She wanted to marry Cordell. She wanted to have a family. She wanted to live happily ever after. And she wanted to, be, and she wanted to get, finish getting her doctorate. Those were her goals. They were simple. And that tab. And then with Cordell, who was the main character, it was a much more detailed goal section. Uh, because he is the main character. With the antagonist, it was a much more detailed uh, thing for that because he is a primary character. So, the, the, that, and each of those, you know, whether it's characters, items, locations for your setting mm-hmm. discussions, all those tabs are there and they're very, very useful. So, if I need to just. Betty and Shay's Irish pub is one that I did in the story, and Betty and Shay's was a recurring place. So I didn't want to forget that the color of the wall in the men's bathroom was green for some odd reason, for example. Um, and if he was in the bathroom again, uh, staring at these puke green walls, you know, I need to remember what that color was very quickly. So all I got to do is hit the tab, locations, Betty and Shay's, bathroom, there it is. Boom, in your face. The The outlining features for Y-Rider, I feel like it was probably one of the best things about Y-Rider. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with Scrivener, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah, Scrivener takes definitely a different approach to the outlining and the planning thing, mainly in that it leaves it a lot more open for you to do what, <laughs> what you want to do with it. Because what, what I'm seeing when you pull up Y-Rider is you... You've got, okay, you can create this or this or that. they got these different categories mm-hmm. you create. I mean, they got all the categories pretty well covered. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything that wouldn't fit into one of those in mm-hmm. some way or another. Except maybe like some type of way to, to, to have like a backstory or, or something like that. But yeah, anyway, the backstory would be in the characters, in the bio. Well, like a, a world-building backstory, like history. Locations. I guess you could, yes, yeah, so there we go. So everything everything fits somewhere. But with Scrivener, you're given a lot more of uh, a blank slate, almost. I'll pull up the project I'm working on right now. And when you first open up something, like, you're going to have the your place where the manuscript is in, like, a, a kind of a folder for a chapter and a first scene. And then when you get into planning stuff, you've got a, you've got a character section. But all that really has is these blank pages with some general with some general information that you can fill in if you want to. It's not a it's not a form. At Rider, you're getting this like window with forms and, and fields mm-hmm. to fill in. You can tab through the different fields. With Scrivener, you're just getting this page with a, a profile, like their role in the story, their occupation, a physical description. But all of it is totally editable. Like if I want to not have anything about habits and mannerisms there, I just delete it and it's gone. Because it's really, all this is is a page. 
yeah. that they just have have a template on there. And then you have to pull up that page later on. It's not like you can just hit the, you know, character backstory section or whatever. Like with Wirewriter, you know, if I if I want to find out something about I'm, um, if I want to talk about Cordell's dad Trent, and I want to read about what happened to his with, with his dad Dijon thirty years before, I can just click the tab. With you, you've got to actually open up the character form that's there, right? Yeah, because it is it's basically just another another document. All in here, over here in the the binder, you can see where your angle's at. Yeah. So like if I'm if I'm writing here on on the scene and then if I want to go and look at a character, I can click it there. Now you can split the view and have you know, I can have the scene up there and characters down here and flow through if I want to do that. That's kinda of getting into other stuff though. But then in terms of outlining, you can um you can have all these uh, note cards kind of set up. Because what Scrivener makes a, you know, lots of people when they, I've never been one to write by hand because I won't be able to read it later. But yeah, that's um, me. <laughs> like the idea of taking and writing everything out on note cards. It's like you wanted mm-hmm. to use scenes. And a physical storyboard. Yeah, like have an actual physical pile of note cards. You know, okay, this scene, you write a summary for each scene on a note card and you can spread them out and move them around. Scrivener's kind of based off that idea. Mm-hmm. Every scene and every chapter even has a note card. So okay, can, that, that that is a nifty feature. Um, so you, I will say that. You've got it right there, and you can move it around. If I want to take this scene and throw it into Chapter 1, I can do that. and You can just grab stuff and move it around and put it put it wherever you want. That's the main thing with Scrivener is it really gives you a big blank slate. So what, what, I, what I was seeing with the Y Rider is there's lots of prompts. Like if you're not really sure, you almost don't even need to know anything about writing a novel. Mm-hmm. To go to Rye Rider. You could just like jump in there and it'll tell you the things you need to put in. Mm-hmm. Scrivener, if you need that. If you need that. Scrivener basically assumes you that you don't need that and you don't want that. And it just kind of like here's stuff. You can create as many like in this binder area over here. You can create as many folders as you want. Like this project is kind of scant right now, but I could open up the the big project I have for mm-hmm. my fantasy series where I've got these different loosely connected short stories and working on a whole brand new series and there's just like I have tons and tons of folders over here in the binder breaking down mm. the history of different groups and the uh, an overall timeline of what's going on and there's you cause you can just do whatever you want with it. So the thing I'm the thing I'm hearing you say and tell me if I'm wrong is it sounds like everything Y writer does intuitively and naturally it almost uh, Scrivener, you can do it, but you have to go through a couple more steps to do it. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and this is why when we were discussing this, and, and we we did, we we wanted to have an idea. We didn't want to be saying, "Well, I can do this. Well, I can do that too." That's that's we, that's why we plan this stuff out a little bit. Um, the, the thing that we came up with is that Wirewriter does have a clear edge in the outlining. Uh, it, it's pretty obvious, pretty blatant in your face. This is how simple it is, um, because everything is right there. Everything is in your face. It makes it very easy to plan it and outline your novel. But the other thing about Scrivener's outlining is it's not an insurmountable loss. It's not it's not a disadvantage that cannot be overcome. It's mm-hmm. it's something that can be beaten. You just have to go through a little bit of time beforehand yeah. to prepare these files to do what Wirewriter does naturally. Right. And then what you could do if you wanted to set up a, a Scrivener template project mm-hmm. and just like fill in the the template without filling in any details, mm-hmm. you could set it up to have exactly the same fields as Wirewriter. Mm-hmm. And then save it and start every new project with from, that that, from that same place. And then they basically be on par. But you have to do that setup. Yeah. To, to be on, or download. People have Scrivener templates you can download if you if you wanted to, to do something like that. It's not something that I've done. 
or felt felt the need to do. But so so, yeah. so at this point we have we have a, a a round that was a draw, and the second round, like I said, we had a clear edge. Uh, to Y-Rider, but once again, it's not insurmountable. So up next, we're going to have exporting features. All right, now I'll start off with this one and Scrivener. This is where Scrivener, in my opinion, just blows everything away is the exporting features. We talked mm-hmm. about the, the compile feature, what they call it. And it, it can get a little complicated, but only because there's so much you can do. I'm going back to, to Scrivener on my computer here. Um, when you click the compile... And then you just have, there's a lot of different things. I mean, when it first pump pops up, they have, the, they have a summary view of all the mm. options. So it kind of condenses it, and you can keep it simple. Then you expand it to all options, and you, you tell it what you want to go into it. Because, you know, you've got all these different folders. You've got all your research and your characters. Hmm. So by default, it'll just give you the manuscript. Um, that's, that's a very nifty view. I'm, I'm looking over your shoulder at this. That's a very nifty view for it's, somebody who doesn't use Scrivener. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very nice feature. Once you, once you know what are all these different options, you got the, the separators. How do you want to separate each scene? Mm. Now, Y-Rider does have something like that as well, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the separation stuff. Yeah. It's not done in the, export, in the export, exporting feature, but it is something that it does have. Yeah, because you got to have that, some way to break up the scenes. Mm-hmm. How, what do you want to happen? Whether well, it's the three chapter. dots or a full line or something like mm-hmm. that. Or you can even plug in, a, there's a way to plug in an image. That's kind of one of the more advanced features you have to dig a little bit for, maybe look for mm-hmm. some online documentation. But oh, you so have, you have a custom image. Yeah, you have some kind of little swirly thing you want to put between your scenes. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Uh, you got the, where you control all the formatting, your like spacing font size, mm-hmm. alignment, all of that different stuff. You control that all in one place, and you can have different ones for different documents, depending on how mm-hmm. deeply nested they are into your, your folder structure. and um, all the, You control the metadata for the file, the page sizes. You can set up um, the different things for facing pages, so mm-hmm. when you're going to make your formatting for a print book, so you can have a PDF come out. Exactly. Like that's how I made my PDF for my book was just it came straight out of Scrivener and then sent it straight to Create Space for them to print it. Mm. Exactly. The way Which you should have sent it to me, but that's beside the point. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> live and learn. And then there's all these. So after you get through all of that, you get to the bottom and you choose Compile for. You can print it out if you need to print it and send it to a mm-hmm. to a to a publisher if it's a, you're working with a publisher that wants that and it has a, a preset format when you you because you can save all these different formatting settings that it's got that you you can adjust oh, all wow. of this you can make your custom ones and i've got custom ones for different ghostwriting clients you can see mm-hmm. on here plus my own stuff and then just all these default ones including like a, a manuscript a standard manuscript format so you can if you like if you're writing a manuscript that you're going to print out and mail to a publisher you mm-hmm. literally don't have to think about the formatting at all you write it out you select format as standard manuscript Compile for print, push the button, and you've got exactly what that publisher is going to expect to see. You don't even have wow. to know, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Now, I, I will go ahead and say um, right now, Y-Rider does not have all that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm actually a little bit blown away. I've never seen it. It's, it's I, I've never seen it in person. You told me about it. You've described and it to you, me. This is the list of the formatting that you yeah. can do. I mean, I, that's print, insane. PDF, I mean, you get you get word documents. Yeah, you know, rich text, which is what Yrider compiles in as, as RTF. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got Word, you've got Open Office, you've got uh, plain text, you've got Final Drafts, which I, I screenplay, right? That's for I don't even know what that is. Writers. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. 
Uh, you have your EPUB. So you, I guess you could create an EPUB format and then just upload it straight to, say, Google Play? Yeah. Or, oh, or wow. a movie. You can do a, a Kindle ebook too, and just send and send it, Amazon right their yep. file. That, that is very, very cool. That's very, yeah, very that makes useful. Makes lots of fun. Yeah, that's, and that's very useful. You've got HTML and multi markdown and all this different kind of stuff. I haven't even used most of those. There are so many of them. Like there's, you know, the three yeah. or four that I use, but it's now, tons of options. There. Like, like I did say with with Wirider, it does not have all those export options. In fact, now I'm a little bit jealous. Um, that you've described it to me, you've told me about it. But that seeing is believing. Now, I believed you beforehand. I'm blown away now. That's amazing. Um, and I do know that I have a category coming up where I'm gonna blow you out of the water. There's this no, there's is, this no way. is true. You can't compete with this, but I can't compete with it's that coming. either. Um, I will say this: there is a very clear edge here. You can exp- export it to HTML, PDF, and RTF. That's it. Um, now it does put the RTF files in a word. Backup, where if you lose a file, you can you, know, you can do that. That's, that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to format it for a print book, or if you're going to format it for create space, for create space, if you want to use that, if you're going to format it for my company, if you're going to format it for EPUB or Mobi, you've got to use a converter at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where, where we're going with this, was because you know previously the outlining features, I had a clear edge with Wirewriter, but you could you could come back and and make it work with Wirewriter and Scrivener for the exporting features. You know, you have a very clear edge. I can't compete with it, but it it can be overcome. You're not left in the dark. Just because you yeah. use Wirewriter doesn't mean you can't produce a nice looking manuscript exactly. or an ebook. Yeah. Exactly, and, and that's that's kind of the key thing. I mean, it, as long as it works, it, it's good. But can, we, can we have a, a small unplanned detour? I just want to ask this. You mentioned something about back backup. That yeah. that's another great like as auto backup. Yeah. Thing thing. So, so it does have a, an automatic backup thing. Automatic backup on a Word file actually it backs it up as as a Word docx. Okay, so instead of saving it as a Y writer file. Yeah, because because if the RTF gets corrupted, then there's a separate format there that you can just rest- and, you, and you can pour- bring it in and restore it. Okay. It's, it's really really useful. Awesome. I actually that's had good. that. Ha- I actually had to use it not too long ago. Yeah. So it was it was really good to have. Because that's that's a huge thing. I hear people talk about. Oh, I lost my whole book. Or I oh, lost you've heard me that. Book. Yeah, you're you're one that I know, and I just or somebody. There's another. That's part of why I had to get rid of Word. It's part of it because mm-hmm. Word was notorious for destroying my my work. I'd be fifty thousand words in, and all of a sudden I'm back to twenty. And it, oh, yeah. Don't get me started. And I've, I've got another friend that I'm in a band with who does some creative writing as well, mm-hmm. and she. Said she, I think she like lost her flash drive at a library or something, and all mm-hmm. the all the writing she did was on that. And so I tell people constantly, backups, backups, backups. Like yeah, just random plug. If you don't have a backup system in place, more mm-hmm. than just an automatic backup thing. Like yeah. if you don't know what well, you're doing. To you, back you see my up, you see my external hard drive sitting here. Yeah, that's not the only one I have. Exactly. So <laughs> I have other forms of of backup as well. Um, that's just what I use as a flash drive. It, we should talk about backup systems one time. That, that can be will. on a future show. We'll, we will. <laughs> we can talk about how to do that because that's super important. Yeah. So. So I, I think we'll agree that uh, we now have it's a one to one to one. You had a clear edge in exporting. I can't compete with. I'm not even going to deny. With the outlining, I had a clear edge. You couldn't compete with it, but you can't. Both ones we can we can overcome that, and still with the learning curve, we do have a toss up there. Right. So up next, we've got uh, ease of use. How easy is it to use the programs? Uh, and so with that, I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna start with that one. So you started the last one. We're alternating here. So um, I think I made it pretty plain. Why writer? It, it's it's the stupid person's program for writing. <laughs> Books. I feel like I don't feel like you can get any simpler. 
um, th- than White Rider. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe with Scrivener it's just as easy and just as intuitive. But I feel like White Rider, you can't beat it. Um, it, it. Like I said, everything's right there. You know, you have the storyboard. You can move stuff around if you want to, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if you want to look at scene three, chapter four, you just click on chapter four, click on, cha- on scene three, and there it is. It's very, very easy to use when it's time to comp- when it, when and what seems like a hmm, that was funny. It, what, what seems like you know a, a, a big old mesh jumbled up version of words when you export it, it's clean, it's it's there, it's it's in good shape, and it's it's, it's good to go. It's it's very easy to use. I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, but you feel very similar about Scrivener. Yeah, once, like like I said, the learning curve might be a little bit steeper. You use the tutorial to overcome that. But once you start using it, mm-hmm. I feel like it's really easy to use. Once you, know, Especially once you know the basic features and get going, and then there, there's a few more things you can do to make it more advanced. But to, to some extent, even those harder-to-learn features mm-hmm. make it easier to use as, you as time goes on. Like, um, one thing that I don't even use very much is it has something called collections... Mm-hmm. That you can you can create these different kind of subsets of your manuscript. You can mm-hmm. do it based on like what characters are in which scenes, or mm-hmm. like I kind of imagine I've always imagined using it to trace like individual character arcs and subplots yeah. and stuff. And Y Writer has a has a very similar feature. Yeah, as well, yeah. You, you could do, but that's like I haven't really I haven't fully you, Yeah, I haven't really wrapped my head fully around that. You'd have to use some different like tags and scene labeling and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then once if you were to do that, then you know, it becomes that much easier yeah. to, to track. And see, and like, like I said, I mean, it, it, see, now we're getting back to the learning curve a little bit. Yeah, but like you I, said, I see a lot of similarities in those two categories. But 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 once you, like you said, once you learn, it's very simple to use. Definitely, yeah. And, and with Y Writer, it's it's, I, I could almost teach a monkey to do it. I mean, it, it's that simple. <laughs> um, I don't know if it, I don't know if a monkey can write a very good book. If it did, I might be interested in publishing the first book published by you know written by a monkey. That might be fun. Um, but if, if, if I was going to teach a monkey to write a book, this is the program I'd tell him to use. I mean, it's just that simple. Um, it's a very, it's a very clean interface. It's very, you know. So now anyone, if you ever meet Josh and he tries to teach you how to write a book using Writer, that means he thinks you have the intelligence of a monkey. False. But anyway. <laughs> no, I... When I, I actually am mentoring a, a couple of people right now with, with their work, and, uh, shout out to you guys, you know who you are. Um... If you hear this, I don't know. But anyway. I, well, if you're mentoring, then you darn well better give it to them. Make them listen to it. There's an assignment. <laughs> That's exactly right. But no, I am mentoring a couple of people, and I tell them, you know, use Writer. It's free. It's simple. It's easy to use. If you have any questions, let me know. But, but when I'm te- that that's that. that that's all I say for technology because writing is not about technology. We do have to we haven't really mentioned this, but it's kind of important. Writing a story has nothing to do with what you're writing it on. You know, telling a good story can be done with Word. It can be done. Is it easy to use Word to make it look good? No. But can you do it? Yes. But telling the story, you can do that in Microsoft Notepad and write a good story out. Yeah. And, and and that's to me that's more important than the technology you use. Um, however, the technology used does make it easier to do. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I am mentoring a couple writers right now, and me t- trying to teach them to write a novel has nothing to do with the technology. I just say, this is what I, this is what I use, I would recommend it. If you don't want to use it, fine, I don't care. Here's how you write a story. So, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's that. But I can teach a monkey to use while writer. Yeah. So. <laughs> so on ease of use, I think we, we agreed we're pretty much a toss-up there. Yeah, definitely, it's, definitely. They're, they're both easy to use. You learn one, you've got it down. You're not going to be banging your head against the wall using either one of these. Exactly. 
which is very, very good because I mean there were there were some others that we both looked at. I mean, before you got Scrivener, you know, you mentioned I think you mentioned Noveler was one that you looked yeah, at. Yeah, I think I used that one. And I, I downloaded it, which was a waste of hard drive space on my computer, honestly. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you know how to use it and you use it, do you. But for me, it it was not for me. I, I hated how difficult it was to learn it, how how complicated it seemed to use it. So by comparison, Y-Riders are so much easier, and I'll stick with that. So, like I said, toss-up on this one. Yeah. Um, up next, we have layout and appearance. When it comes to layout, and especially appearance, Scrivener looks really nice. It's clean. Yeah, it's very clean. I, I like software that that looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like you, you mentioned earlier that I'm like an Apple fan. I've got a an iPad sitting next to my desk. We're recording this on a Mac computer. I've got an iPhone sitting upstairs. Like I'm, and yet we're keeping track of where we're at in the show on a PC. So, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> because then, that just brings up other things. How 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 different we are. How stereotypically opposite we are in so many ways with your PC. I, and well, I, I tell you all the time. I I hate the the the, the operating system. For Windows and Mac, I hate them both. I'd much rather have Linux, <laughs> but I ain't got the money to, to but anyway, switch. But anyway, I'm a Mac user. I like software that looks really good. Not yeah. that Windows software doesn't look good sometimes, but sometimes overall, it does. Sometimes it does. But I think overall, most people would agree, Mac software looks it's good. cleaner. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's cleaner. It's softer almost. It just, it just aesthetically speaking, it looks better. It's almost like looking at a picture. Uh, Written. Uh, re- looking at a picture painted by Picasso and comparing it to a picture painted by Van Gogh. And I'm sorry, aesthetically speaking, Van Gogh wins. Because <laughs> Picasso's all over the place. Um, and, and that's kind of you know, what, what we're looking at here. I mean, Scrivener looks good. I'm not going to lie to that. Uh, Scrivener looks really, really good. Yeah. Wyrider doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very utilitarian. It, it, if you're looking for something that looks good, if, if and this is my opinion, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but if you've got to have, like, if it's a, if it's an end all, if it's a deal breaker for you that you've got to have a good looking software, that even though there's something better and stronger and more powerful, that's not quite as vis- visually appealing, then you don't need to be doing what you're doing, in my opinion. I feel like if you had Wirewriter and if I had Scrivener, if we swapped, we'd both be pleased with with the interface. Oh yeah. But at the same time. Scrivener does aesthetically look better. Yeah, uh, I would like. I, I wish that Wirewriter looked that good, but then again, it's not a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very utilitarian. It's it's. I think Windows ninety five Windows. Like, like <laughs> yeah, it's, everything is it looks when you were showing very me boxy, is square, yeah, and boxy. None of the none of the soft rounded edges and flat two D kind of imaging thing that that Apple has pretty much made like the standard for. Yeah, computer images in the last few years. Yeah, it, it, it's it's very very. Windows, Windows ninety five. That's that's a really good uh, comparison. I that's think. Not, yeah, it's a very good uh, mental image. Now the funny thing is, comments. if we have any sixteen year olds that hear this, they're gonna be like, Windows ninety five. What the heck is that? No, yeah, is yeah. that better than Windows ten? Never <laughs> 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 thought about that. They're really going backwards, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> um, but 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 no, I mean on a serious level, it, it's very it's strictly utilitarian. It, the nuts and it, it focuses more on the nuts and bolts of writing a, writing a novel than making the software itself look good. Um, on this one, I would say Clear Edge to Scrivener. I'll, I'll concede this point to you because Wirewriter it does not look good. It, it's it's not visually appealing at all. It does what you need it to do though, which is why I like it. Yeah, I, I like the power of it a whole lot it's more. It's kind of like you. It's not visually appealing at all. 
But you, you do what then needs to be done. Then what's your excuse? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, my wife thinks I'm attractive. That's all that matters to me. Um, but yeah, for, for, and for but see, we, we, that's just the appearance side of things. For layout, though, I, I personally like the layout of Y Rider better because it's it is more utilitarian. It's more point and click kind of mm-hmm. thing, and, and everything's right there. If you need it, it's there. For example, you know, I, I can show you the scene. I, I didn't get a chance to show you this before, um, but. This is a scene for a WIP that I had going on, and there's nothing in it right now. It's just a new scene, but you can see this is where you type the content. This is where you type, you know, some notes that you need to remember. You no, know, I've got to have this plot point. I've got to have this happen. You can put that there. Notes, pictures, goals, locations, whatever you need. Go right ahead. There's nothing in there okay. because all, all my all my outlining is somewhere else. Why Your is that? Computer's person? angry at me. It's, it's, it heard you talking bad about it. Oh, it's okay. I don't know what's wrong. Computer can't handle the truth. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, yeah, I had an extra window open. That's the problem. So, anyway, pulling the scene back open. Oh, there's the content. So, you can see where I started typing on it. And and, and you can click those things. And and the layout is very, very plain in your face, and it's there. See, there's Sarah. She's mentioned as a character. She doesn't even matter in the book I'm working on. Okay, this is because Uh, you mentioned her. She pops up in the characters tab? No, she's just a character in the book. Oh, okay. And then you know you can select a viewpoint to remind yourself that you can t- title your scenes and stuff. Okay. You know it's just and the reason I have Sarah's name in my characters is because she's a minor character and I, I can't remember it. So <laughs> and and she's a secretary at an office. That's that's all she is. Um, so to me, I like that layout. It's a whole lot uh, clearer and 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 whatnot. And then of course the goals tab is as I mentioned before my favorite one because a story is nothing but goals. Um, I like that. When he clicks on the goals thing, it's got three little boxes. One says goal, one says conflict, the thing keeping them from the goal, and then the outcome of what exactly. happens. Did he get it or did the conflict for him? I like that. That's nice. Yeah, and I, I personally love that feature. Um, you know, it, to me, the layout is better for Y-Rider, and the, and the appearance, point and simple, is better for Scrivener, but then again, I am a Y-Rider guy. But I feel like, even though Y-Rider, I prefer that layout better, I still think that the the overarching category of layout and appearance Scrivener looks that much better that I can't argue mm. that this category's got to go to Scrivener. I can't go any other way because the appearance is that much better. Yeah. Even though I prefer the layout, you know, and you prefer the layout for Scrivener, it's almost like a toss up there, but it just looks that much better. So we have to give this one to Scrivener. There's no argument about yeah. it. So um right now we're at what? Uh two toss ups. Two toss ups, one to me, two to you. Yep. And up next we have flexibility, what you can use it for and how you can use it and whatnot. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get started with round five. It's my turn to start? I don't no, know. it's my turn to start this okay, time. Okay, go for it. Flexibility, what can you use it for? Is it, is, is it too easy to say anything? <laughs> um, how, how can you use it? Can you use it any way you want? Like, can, can you change the interface, is what you're saying. I, I can't remember what we had in mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what we talked, how we talked about this. I, I guess I, I'll, I'll I, just, think it was, I think it was almost customization of it. Yeah, customization and, like, how can you... Because, you know, there's lots of different ways to approach mm-hmm. I, I, I write, a novel. I write blog posts in this, okay? <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing with Scrivener. I keep my email newsletters and blog posts organized in one, too, yeah. Exactly. So... That kind of flexibility, I think, I think is pretty pretty even. Um, but for customization of of the interface and the way you work with it, um, my thing is this: is that 
I don't want it to be flexible. I like the way it works. I would not change it for the world. Hmm. Um, but with you, it's it's a little bit more cu- customizable. Yeah, because like I said, with the Rye Rider, you've got all those fields and everything to mm-hmm. fill in. And you don't have to use them if you yeah, don't want to. Right. Which I, I just showed you. Most of my fields are empty because I know mm-hmm. what I'm, what's going on where it's going on at. And then with Scrivener, you're given a lot more of a blank slate of how, how do you want to organize it. Do you want to have folders and folders and pages and pages and subfolders and subfolders of world history and geography and maps and you can even bring in like different types of media PDFs and whatever mm-hmm. and store it all in the same project. Do you like so if if you want to do all of that you can, but if you don't you would never even you're not even gonna even gonna have any blank fields looking at yeah. you. It's just kinda you make it however you want it. Like how do you wanna organize your outline? How do you wanna what kind of detail do you want to put into your characters? Mm-hmm. Like you said, with Rye Rider, you can do you can put as much as, as much or as little detail mm-hmm. as you want, but then you got those blank fields. Well, I mean, because they're hidden by a tab, I feel like it doesn't really matter. It's not as intrusive. Yeah. Um, you know, there there is the thing at the bottom for the notes. You know, because I I personally use that note section at the bottom of the window for new scenes to to give my target length for the for the um uh, for the uh, mm-hmm. for the chapter or scene I'm working on. So if my target length is a thousand. 1,274 words, I can, I'll just type 1274 one, one, right there. And then at the bottom of the window, it tells me my words per minute. It tells me uh, how many you know words per minute I'm hitting, how many words I've done today, how many words I've done in the entire project, how many words I've done in this scene specifically. It's all right there. It's clean. It's, it's right there. So I know what's going on. I know how if I've got a daily goal I'm trying to hit. Uh, which is one of the things we didn't mention in features uh, yeah. uh, is is that you know Wirewriter does have that that uh, feature where it does create a worksheet for you. So if you if you got a set goal for that, say, say your goal is three thousand words, and Wirewriter says, hey, you're typing fifty words a minute, then it, it'll actually take it, 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 it'll tell you how many words a minute you type. Then you can plug it into a little, into a form. Say how many you know what what time you're starting. So say you're starting at fourteen hundred, which is two o'clock, uh, and then you want to do 3,000 words today, it'll tell you exactly how long you're going to be working at that current pace. And that's really, really useful because it gives you smaller goals to work on. So I, I'm really big on breaks. I like to, to stop and, you know, grab a, a bag of chips or something, you know, in the brain food, I, I call it, or a, a bowl of frozen yogurt or drink a Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is my vice. So um, I, I feel like that's really, really useful. Um but the flexibility side of things, you know, you don't have to use them. The, the, mm-hmm. the flexibility is there. You do not need these things to make the, the software work the way you want it to. Yeah. Um, but the tabs are there to say, hey, if you need me, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say, oh, my gosh, I really think, I really do wish I could add a goal ch- tab to this one specific file and I have to go create something. It's right there. It's just, boom, there. Right. But you don't have to use it. So I feel like flexibility isn't as flexible in terms of, you know, cutting down the number of files or adding to the number of files, not so much. But in how you use it, it's very, very flexible. Because you can write a full novel without filling out any of those forms. Right. And that's, to me, what what flexibility is. Right. But with Scrivener, you have a, a different look at flexibility. Right, because like, it's just kind of a blank slate for you to do whatever you want with. And mm. Do you add this, take away this, as complicated or as simple as you want it to be. But like you're saying, Y-Rider can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be, too, depending exactly. on how much detail you want to add. So that, that kind of comes to another, another toss-up. Toss um, the last, uh, I did mention there was one that you can't compete with. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll come to that one. And, and I, I've been looking forward to this one. We saved the best for last, guys. <laughs> um, 
Put simply, there's one category that everybody wants to know. How much does it cost? And so with that, we're going to go ahead and finish the sixth and final round. I believe it's my turn to start on this one. But I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. How much does Scrivener cost? Scrivener costs generally $40, unless you find some type of coupon or you're a student, you can get a student discount and get it for 35 and mm-hmm. so on. But the, the starting price, default price, is $40 for Scrivener. And you can, if you're not sure about it, you can download it and try it. You get 30 days of free use. And that's not like one month. That's 30 mm-hmm. days that you actually use it. So if you use it once a month, you've got it for 30 months. Mm-hmm. Just using it one day a month. But it costs $40. And then once you pay that, you're done. There's no, like, monthly licensing renewal or something mm-hmm. like that. How much does Y-Rider cost, Josh? Here's the thing about Y-Rider. Scrivener costs 40 bucks, right? Yep. That's 40 reasons to buy, to, 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 to get Y-Rider. <laughs> because Y-Rider's free. Absolutely free. They're every bit as powerful as one another, and Y-Rider's free. You can't beat that. There's no arguing with it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Yes, Space Jock will take, you know, it's a guy. I mean, this is what he, he develops software for a living, and he says, hey, pay me what you think it's worth. And personally, I think this is worth way more than I paid for it. I, I, I got it for free, downloaded it for free, and then I made a donation like 15 bucks. Because, and that was just because I'm like, this is awesome. I need to give this guy something. Um, because, the, the, but all I had my checking account at the moment, I hadn't gotten paid for my life, for the book I was working on at the time. So I had like 30 bucks in my checking account. So bills were due and I hadn't gotten paid yet. So uh, I, I gave him 15 bucks. But it, it was worth a whole lot more to me. But cost, actual cost to get the full program is simple. It's free. And you can't beat that. Nope. That's pretty good. So the, the one caveat to that is if you're a Mac user, you can't use Y-Rider for free because Y-Rider is only on Windows. Correct. But so, at the same, and while Scrivener is available on Windows, it's lagging behind Mac, if I understand correctly. Yeah, it was originally written on Mac, so the, the features get updated slightly, yeah. slightly less often. It tends to be a few features or so behind. It was just something when I use it on Windows, I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. But like I, I knew it, but I didn't really notice. And then I, when I got a Mac and started using mm-hmm. it, there, I was like, oh, I can do this and that. Whoa. Oh, that's so awesome. But if you go to the Space Jock website, it even says right there, you know, if you have a Mac, don't download this. It'll run, I'm sure, maybe, possibly. No, no it won't. It won't? It's, oh, you no. tried. Well, it's a, you down, You would download a, an executable file, which is what you use to install a program on a Windows. You don't, oh, okay. you can't, it's totally, it has to be a totally different thing. So, in other words, I, I guess what the guy who developed it was thinking was, you know, if you've got the money to buy a Mac, you, you know, you can afford to buy Scrivener. I guess. Could be the logic. I don't know. But it's it's a lot of work. If he wrote it on Windows, it is a lot of work to port a piece of software to another platform. I'm sure it is. It's mountains of work to do and, that. So and, if he's uh, just one guy doing it for donations, then yeah, he's not going to yeah. port it but it, it even says right on the website, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're a Mac user, click this link. And then if you click that link, it takes you to Scrivener. Right. Literally. Um, which is really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but... I feel like, you know, the majority of people in the country do use PC, even though Apple is widely considered the better, you know, uh, hardware uh, and better operating system even in a lot of ways. Because I I hate them both personally. But uh, the fact is, you know, with with Wirider, I do have a PC. So that's what I went for. And it's free. So if you have a PC, Scrivener is lagging behind um, for PC, but it costs the same, right? 
Yeah. But Y-Rider's free. So if you have a PC, I don't, I don't think there's any competition. Yeah, I, I, I say go with Y-Rider. If you've um, got a PC, the first thing I would tell you is buy a Mac. The second thing I would tell you is just use Y-Rider in the meantime. Fair enough. And <laughs> if, you, if you have a Mac, I would say, I'm sorry, first off. Um, I, I'm, I apologize for you having a Mac. And second, I apologize for your bad judgment. Um, so, <laughs> RF, I apologize for your lapse of judgment in getting a Mac. Um, the second thing I would say is... You'll be complaining about your PC in five minutes anyway. So I complain about my PC the day I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I complain about you know computers. I hate them. There's a reason I'm a Luddite. Um, there's, there's a reason you're the one with the hardware that we recorded the show on. <laughs> but uh, on, on a serious level, guys, it, the, the biggest question is can you use it? And if you have a Mac, you can't use Y-Rider. Pop, pop, pay the 40 bucks for Scrivener. If you have a PC, why waste the money on Scrivener? So that, that's pretty much the conclusion that we came up to. So we actually had two toss-ups, two for me, two for you. Um, we are going to have a poll on the website. So you let us know who you think has the better software. Myself or RF, I have Y-Rider, he has Scrivener. Based on what you've heard, let us know what you think. Uh, in the comments, tell us what you think about you know our whole conversation on this. Tell us what you use. If you don't use Y-Rider or, or Scrivener, use something completely different, let us know what you do. And you know we, we try to respond and, and, and talk back and, and not talk back, but respond and, and have conversations <laughs> with folks. Um, I'm from the South. Talking back is a bad thing. Um, but we, we do try to respond and make this interactive for you guys. So I, we, we've come to the conclusion that it's a 2-2-2 two, two, two draw um, on, on the debate. But we do want to hear what you think, so let us know. Um, and so with that, uh, we come to the final discussion of the day. Um, because, you know, we, we talk about writing, but we didn't really get into the discussion of uh, the other thing we were going to talk about, which is how many genres are there? Um, and I was just thinking we might want to table that discussion because our talk here, we've already gone over an hour. Really? On just this, this review because the Y-Rider and Scrivener thing is ate, pretty long. Ate up more time than I expected. So we can, we, let, let's table the genre thing. We'll okay, come well, back to that. We'll do genres in two weeks. Yeah. Um, but there is one thing that we, no, we did want to discuss. Yeah, there is something we can't cut. We, we can't cut it. It's, it's time sensitive almost. Um, and before we came, before we went on today, uh, I told RF that there was absolutely no way that I could do the show today without us talking about this a little bit. Uh, we'll give it a couple minutes. Um, but it's a very serious topic. You know, this show is essentially letting you guys listen in on our friendship. And one of the things that we both agree on is, and is our faith in, uh, in Jesus and, and being Jesus followers. Um, but we both have been seeing some things going on in the world in the last couple of weeks that since our last show, honestly, mm-hmm, yeah. that, that have really kind of rocked me and really upset me. Um, you as well. Yeah. I, it's probably every bit as heartbreaking for you as it is for me. Um, but we just want to give you a, take a couple minutes and try to respond to the things that are going on in the world today in the way that Jesus would, um, to begin, uh, your book is, Dealing with some of the stuff that we've been saying, yeah. Um, and and uh, how do you say it? Nietzsche? Nice. How do you say nice. it? Nice. Nice. And in Nice, France, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a another terrorist attack in which a man who may or may not have, last I heard may or may not have had ties to the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria or Iraq and the Levant, however you want to say it. I don't really care. Um, either way, ISIS, ISIL. Um, either way. The fact of the matter is this guy may or may not have had ties, but he was definitely inspired by this group of horrible people. And I say they're horrible people not because they're Muslim. 
Um, you and I know each other very well enough to know that neither one of us has any prejudices against uh, Muslims. But I will say this. I don't care whether you're a Muslim, claim to be a Christian, claim to be a Jew, claim to be a Buddhist, Sikh, Shinto, Rastafarian, whatever. I don't care what faith you claim. If you have nothing better to do with your life than to murder people for no other reason than your religious dogma, there's a good chance you might need to change your religious dogma or get back to the, to the core of what your faith is. And, and we've talked before about Christian terrorism that's happening in Africa today, and, and it's one of the things that irritates me the most. So I'm not trying to be you know, anti-Islam. I, I am saying I'm being very anti-terrorism at the moment, mm -hmm. and I'm very upset with what's going on right but now. But I think the main message that we wanted to convey mm -hmm. was the one, one of forgiveness. Yeah, definitely. Which includes the, Some, the uh, terrorists. Definitely. Like, they're, they're not excluded. I think that's something we forget so often we talk about. You know, Christians talk about forgiveness a lot, but then it's... it's but it comes down to it. It's hard to do. People. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You know, you know my personal life. I'm not going to get into my personal life. I'm dealing with, with, with a situation right now where I'm having a very, very difficult time forgiving a couple of people in my life, and you, you know what's going on. I'm not going to go into that here, but you know, the thing is, guys, is that you know we were when when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, "This is how you should pray," and that it was said in such a way that it was not a request, it was not a suggestion, it was a command. And it says, forgive us our trespass as we forgive those who trespass against us. And I want to say today that the only way that we're ever going to get past any of this mess is a serious dose of forgiveness. Yeah, somebody's got to do it first. Somebody. And it's not just what happened in Nice. It's, it's other stuff that's going on. We're, we're both Americans. Um, you know, the, the shootings in Dallas, the shootings in Baton Rouge, and the shootings mm -hmm. yesterday... Uh, in Kansas City, Kansas. All know. about just the cycle of violence thing. You you hurt me, I hurt you. And exactly. An and eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. Pretty much. And it, it's very, very... I'm a cop's kid. So it, it hurts me when I see other folks. I have a... I have a you're not a cop's kid. So nope. you don't have that same perspective of knowing... You know how it feels when you're at home late at night and your mom or dad has to get up in the middle of the night to go do something and you don't know you know they're going to do something dangerous and you don't know if they're coming home. Um, I grew up with that, and and so it, nine different police officers recently, you know, were shot and killed for no other reason than they were cops. And you know that's nine people who will never go home with their families. Their families will never recover from that loss, short of Jesus stepping in and saying, "Hey, you know." And, and not to politicize any of this, because my politics has nothing to do with how I feel about all this. Honestly, you know, the Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter movements, you know, the fact of the matter is, yes, there are some problems in our country today. And I, I think that we can, that anybody who looks at them objectively without the lens of their politics can agree with that. Um, and they need to be fixed. But I think we can also agree that shooting and killing random people for no other reason than to say, hey, I'm pissed off. At that point, you're not protesting. You're becoming just as bad as the person you're supposedly protesting against. Mm -hmm. And and I, I personally could not do this show today without saying something because I am so sick. I mean, I hear people say black lives matter, all lives matter. Well, my perspective is this. All lives matter, yes. And I'm not trying to take away from the, from the BLM movement. It's just my, my perspective is all lives matter, so therefore let's fix these problems. And that's why I say it. 
and I, you know my you know my background. My sister is married to a black man. I have two mulatto nieces who I've been very much involved with their raising, and I, I, I have half of my family that I consider family is, is black. But at the same time, I can't sit back and watch this happen without saying something. I can't do much, but I can say something. You know, I, I feel like God gives us a platform to use it, and I, I can't keep my mouth shut anymore. So our, our, our call to everyone listening is the way to respond to this is to forgive. Whatever side of it is, whatever side of whatever argument you're on, be the one to forgive and end it, because otherwise you're just going to keep going. Exactly. And, and that's... I, not not trying to market you know your book on this, but that's that's what you had, that's that's yeah, that, that's what your book is. was about. Very much so, yeah. And that's my solution to every conflict in the world, from an argument with your wife to Christianity versus Islam. So, write a book. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I mean the, that <laughs> idea: be the one to forgive. So that, yeah, definitely. That's, and that's why that's why that's what the book is about. So to go ahead and close up for the day, guys. You know, obviously, you know. We we ended up on a little bit more somber note than we normally would than we we're going to normally do, but we had to say something um, because the world's crazy right now. But to close for the day, you know, once again, I'm Josh, and this is my good buddy RF. And uh, you have anything else you want to say, closing people? Uh, we'll close put up a link for Liberty's book. Yes. On the that'll be on the website. Maybe we'll even both like we yeah we'll both tweet it too when we definitely we can we can put it in there. Um, so look for that. Check it out. You can even read. How about this? You could read the rest of the trilogy as we read it. It's really short. So you could easily read books one and two before we're back in two weeks with book two. That's actually so you guys can read it with us and be ready to sound off with your thoughts as soon as the as soon as the show goes live in two weeks. Which I'm gonna have a scheduling conflict in two weeks. We're gonna have to figure out some way around that. We may have we may have to record it early and then post it. Yeah, but maybe if all goes well, we we will plan to have a show up in two weeks one way or the other yeah we'll make it happen some way somehow but i think that's all for today so guys this is josh and all right and we are the rambling writers guys take it easy peace out and ride on